Welcome capital raisers. Either learn the language of tokenization or get left behind in the dust. Laura Palmatia breaks it down. Are you guys ready to race? Shout out to Invest Next, our newest official sponsor on the Capital Razor show. Did you know Legacy Acquisitions has 18 Build Your Legacy master classes online with mega syndicators like Matt Faircloth and Richard Wilson? They're exclusive, but you can get access using the link in the show notes. With that, it's Capital Razor show episode 282, and it starts now. Rock and roll. I got Laura Pomatian on the Capital Razor Show. Welcome. How you doing, my friend? How are you doing? I'm great. I'm doing <laughs> great, too. Yeah, I always have fun at the launch of the show. The Capital Razor Show Season 3 brought to you by our friends Pitch Decks, one of Richard Wilson's companies. So, Laura, we've been chatting it up for a couple months now. We've talked about blockchain. We've talked about a couple other things, NFTs, tokenization. We're going to dive a little bit deep into this. I understand you are not in specifically syndication yourself, but you help people set these things up so that they can raise capital. So we'll dive into that topic. But before we get too crazy into the weeds, why don't we start with a little bit about your background? Tell us how you got into this whole world of tokenization and blockchain and stuff. Yeah. So I've been in real estate and development for 20 years. I started my career in general brokerage on the island of Maui. I was working with second home buyers, third home, fourth home buyers, a lot of investment product. And then I niched into luxury pre-construction hotel branded resort real estate. So Ritz-Carlton residences, Mandarin Oriental, Auberge, Fairmont, Grand Hyatt. I ended up in the Caribbean on several of those projects. And then 12 projects later, I ended up back here in South Florida. And very long story short, I pivoted into the blockchain space about three years ago when I started to learn about how blockchain was going to impact the real estate industry and how it was going to really help to change a lot of the very, very antiquated processes that exist today in real estate that we've been doing for decades and decades, right? And nothing's really changed. So blockchain helps to make that process more efficient. And when I started to learn more about that, I could see clearly this is going to be a really big deal. And so I decided to launch a consulting company. Now I work with real estate owners, developers, syndicators, real estate companies to implement AI and blockchain into their real estate product. And that's what we've been working on. Okay. So tell me about the AI part. What do you mean by that? So artificial intelligence, there's technology, just like we were talking about earlier with like chat GPT, right? The AI tech that's happening in the space. And there's a lot of application in real estate. Right now, we have a lot of a lot of traction around tokenization. When you have companies like BlackRock really leaning into tokenization, there's been this, this buzz around the, the topic and the application of the topic in real estate. So that is one aspect, but there's many other applications of technology that's happening in the real estate space from from AI, artificial intelligence to VR, which is virtual reality, and AR, which is augmented reality, and all other types of tech that are impacting real estate. So okay. I try to stay up on a lot of that. Okay, cool. And when you said that these concepts were going to change the real estate world altogether, tell us more about what you meant by that. Blockchain technology is 
it's not crypto, first of all, right? That's something that a lot of people <laughs> know. don't understand. A lot of people think that it's crypto. It's not crypto. Cryptocurrency is built on blockchain, just like a lot of other technologies like tokenization is built on blockchain, but they're not the same. So the idea with blockchain technology, it provides a, a place to record information and data where it can't be manipulated or changed. It can be seen by everyone, right? It's transparent. It's immutable. The technology allows for efficiencies. It allows for tracking information that isn't easily tracked. And you can manage things like a capital stack with thousands of investors more efficiently than you could today. And then this also affects the title companies because now instead of going to a title agency to record or even with the city county to record your property, whether that's a large scale multifamily or just a house, you can do this through blockchain or is that still into the future? There's a few different types of tokenization in real estate. There's several actually, but but what you the one that you're referring to is NFT tokenization, so non-fungible tokens. And those are for the transfer of real estate in its entirety. So if I were going to sell my house in its entirety to you, we can manage that on blockchain. We can manage that whole transactional process on blockchain. We can also issue an NFT that would represent title and that would transfer to you via blockchain as well. When and this is completely different from a lot of the things that we're doing in the commercial real estate space, but commercial real estate can also be transferred via NFT. But the residential product is really more where use cases being applied right now. So we're seeing the sequencing of traditional real estate being completely resequenced, like turned on its head. And you, you typically would have this 30, 60 day period of time between the time that you enter contract and the time that you close and take possession of the house. Now that process is coming through more of like an auction type style of sale where all of the information, all of the and applicable information around that house is provided upfront to you as a buyer or anyone else as a buyer for you to do due diligence. And as you go and do all of your due diligence, there comes a time when the house goes up for auction and you either buy it or you don't. So there's a very different way of transacting the NFT when it comes to real estate in that regard, in residential. In commercial, there's other applications like we were talking about earlier, tokenization of the equity interest. It could be existing equity in an existing building. So we're basically tokenizing securities from either brand new capital raise or a existing closed raise. So we can to use tokenization in that regard as well. Okay. So I'm curious because I had a conversation with a friend, Sophia Olivas, and I was telling her what I do, right? We were catching up after maybe about a decade that we hadn't spoken. And she's like, so you do subdivision syndication and you're building like how many houses? I'm like, so we have a, a couple of different deals that we're doing all 506C and 
the idea is to build the houses and then sell the entire thing off to an institution, the entire subdivision, which would be classified as a commercial real estate asset and appraised off of the net operating income. And she said, you know that you can tokenize these houses and then sell them afterwards. And I didn't really understand what that meant. And now that you're talking about blockchain, that seems like a little bit of a different process too. So, and then now you're also, I think we had chatted a little bit about if you're in the middle of a deal, like let's say I go and syndicate a multifamily property, we can set it up in the middle of the deal where we can allow the investors to have already placed money into the deal to now have access to liquidity and they can take their shares and then resell it on the open market. Is this correct? Yeah. So there's obviously compliance and legal processes that steps that you would go through to get that done. But yes, if you have an existing asset, say you had, I don't know, 30 investors come in and capitalize a product that you maybe a multifamily building. And now that building, that offering has been closed. Your investors are now in the process of receiving dividends, et cetera. If there's revenue being generated on that multifamily, they also have economic right and the potential upside when you sell the building in three to five years or whatever it is. The idea is that if you wanted to provide the option of liquidity to those investors now, rather than make them wait three to five years for this event to happen, for them to get their money out, we can tokenize, which basically means we can write the shares onto blockchain and manage that cap table and provide secondary market access through a regulated alternative trading system, which is an APS and allow those investors to access that secondary market compliantly and trade out of their shares if they wanted to. So they don't have to stay in the deal, stuck in the deal for three to five to eight years, which is pretty traditional. Okay. So before I got you on today, I asked ChatGPT, what should a real estate syndicator know about tokenization and blockchain? And it spat out this answer. As a real estate syndicator, it's important to understand the basic concepts of tokenization and blockchain tech. Tokenization involves converting real assets such as real estate into digital tokens that can be traded on a blockchain. I think some of this is what you're talking about. So from my understanding, and I've seen some very generic videos that are cartoons or doodle drawings or whiteboard drawings, where they take a picture of a industrial building or some kind of hotel and then they tokenize it and make it so that you can sell shares of that hotel or industrial building on the open market. So this is kind of what we're talking about. So it's kind of easy to see if it's one building that is owned and distributed and shared amongst many different owners and how you would buy a piece of that like for $1,000 or whatever it is that you want to invest into a specific property. But for something like a built-to-rent subdivision or a multifamily property, how would you tokenize that? Would it be different between those two products, right? Because we have individual houses on a built-to-rent versus, let's say, 10-unit buildings on a multifamily or 20-unit buildings that consist of 10 buildings for 200 units. How does that work? Or can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I think so it's it, confusing. It, yeah, it's just really the same as your traditional structure. So if you were to structure your 
and say, and you would have investors come in and invest in your 506C and you capitalized that way. All we're doing is we're representing those ownership shares on the blockchain. So if I brought $100,000 to the deal, maybe I would be issued $100,000 denominated tokens. And with that, over time, if your offering is tokenized and I have access to a secondary market, I could, as an investor, compliantly, SEC compliant on a SEC regulated alternative trading system, which is a private market trading platform similar to say the stock exchange, right? You have, you can go and list your product and you have people come and buy your product, but this is for private assets. So me as an investor, I could, if I needed $25,000 out of my $100,000 that I brought to your deal, I could then go to the ATS, list $25,000 of my shares. Another investor could come buy those $25,000 worth of shares. Now they would be an investor in your deal, they would be entitled to whatever economic interest those tokens have rights to, and I would get my $25,000 and redeploy it for something else. One of the main benefits of tokenization is that it increases liquidity. So now if you are investing into a syndication or have the plans to, instead of being stuck with the syndicator for the entire ride, let's say that you're an older person or have a life event and you want liquidity before you get in, you can set it up so that your investment into the syndication is liquid from the start. So how do you set that up? How do you work with syndicators to have them create a structure so that they can tokenize it or raise capital in such a sense so that the investors that go into the deal are liquid the entire time? Yeah, so that's done very traditionally for the most part. All of your legal documentation would be would be drafted traditionally. You would have a, a very well-versed attorney on the team who would be able to write language into your documents around tokenization. And then you would go through a, there's several steps to the offering, but one of the key steps is to work with a software provider that is able to manage the cap table they're able to manage the funds that come in as investment and the tokenization process. So what it look like? It would look like I go to your website to find out about the offering, your, let's just say, build to rent project. And there's a bunch of information on there that I need to review and do due diligence on. It would all be the same. The difference with tokenization is that the provider would then manage from the invest, the invest now, if you have an invest now button on your website, for instance, and the investor is able to go in and walk through this investor journey compliantly, KYC, AML, et cetera, the funds are, would then be escrowed compliantly, et cetera. And that whole process stays very traditional, where the benefit is, is in the management of those funds in that capital stack. So the investor has access to a secondary market through that portal. So on the outside, it's very seamless. It's very easy to understand because a lot of it's done traditionally. 
The back end of it is where the tokenization happens. And really all that is, is recording those shares, those legal shares onto blockchain for management purposes. So as an investor is in the deal, their capital that they put into the deal is increasing in value. So how do you determine exactly when they're selling it, what that's worth? Because you don't know the exact numbers until the there's a complete full cycle exit on that deal. So would they just basically sell for what they bought into it or the new person that comes in? At what point do they start raising capital? How is all of that tracked? So there'll be marks done, valuation marks that'll be done on the asset, which would be a little bit different than a traditional five to eight year hold. You would have valuation provided potential and there's AI technology. This, this is kind of in regard to what we we're talking about earlier with AI. There's technology that can provide ongoing valuation now where you don't have to have full appraisals done on the asset. So nonetheless, there would be valuation that provided say quarterly so that those investors would be able to determine my share is worth X and they could show that valuation to a potential investor and that potential investor would look and say, I agree that share is worth X and I'll pay you X for it. Or if they don't agree, they would agree on something else. If they, then, then they would be able to, to make that transaction happen. But it, it really does come down to if, if my share is worth a dollar when I bought it, and in three years it's worth a dollar twenty, then that investor coming in would buy my share at a dollar twenty. Interesting. Okay. So what else does the syndicator need to know about the whole process? What are some of the other benefits other than increasing the liquidity for their potential uh, it, LPs? Being able to open up your potential investor pool. It allows investors to have, for them to have more options in that if I if I want to allocate $100,000 or $250,000 based on the amount of time that I have to hold that asset or I have to be invested in that asset, that might be a benefit. Um, you also have the benefit of being able to manage the cap table automate a lot of processes, automate dividend distribution, automate tax forms, K-1s, et cetera. There's a lot of things that make the process easier and seamless because of the way that it's written on blockchain, the way that you can manage that process. Okay, cool. All right. So what are the best ways for people to find out more about tokenization? If you're a syndicator and you want to learn about this process and how it affects your investors, what can they do? Do they need to go to a conference or just a conversation with you is enough? Where do they start educating themselves? No. I mean, because it doesn't make sense for people like me to go in and ask chat GPT to tell us what the heck this is all about. Yeah, you're welcome to have a conversation with me. I mean, it works, it works for assets that have that you have equity in, that there's investors in, that is typically $5 million or more, depending on if you're raising that capital, because there's cost that's involved, as you know, in, in raising capital, et cetera. So yeah, I mean, there's, I think the best way would be if you are a syndicator or if you have an existing real estate asset, and you have questions about if it qualifies for tokenization, just reach out to me and we can have a conversation. That would probably be the easiest. 
Rock and roll. All right, let's jump into the lightning round. My first question to you is, what is the best vacation you've ever taken? Oh, wow. So I went to Thailand quite some time ago. And this was when I was living on Maui. And we went out and we dove out in Thailand. And it was absolutely epic. I have never seen starfish. I mean, literally, it was like the size of my desk, like starfish blue and pink. And it was amazing. So yeah, I remember that one probably the most. Wow. Favorite book of any kind? So I have a favorite book. It's called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. If you're familiar, I give that away. I've probably given that book away, I don't know, a few dozen times. And that's my favorite book for sure. He's got a bunch of books, actually. I have one called The Mastery of Love. Anyways, how much of your success do you attribute to mindset? Oh, I'd say the majority of it. I think the other part would be getting clarity every day, which is what I do through exercise, so. Excellent. How long do you want to live? As long as I can. No, you got to put a number on it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to live to 115. Okay, cool. <laughs> do, you ha- do you have any hacks for breaking through limiting beliefs? Yeah, just make that decision. Choose Powerful. it. Powerful, yeah. actually. Tell me the craziest thing that you've seen during your travels. Well, I mean, I was just telling you about that starfish. That was pretty crazy. I saw leopard sharks also. That was pretty wild. So I guess I'd say that. Good stuff. Best way to raise capital from your perspective? Through a compliant security token offering. That would be my suggestion. (laughs) I'm I'm sure you're a little biased because that's your business. Well, I think, honestly, we didn't really talk about it, right? But with tokenization, being able to manage a large cap table, it's perfect for reggae. And with reggae, you open up your investor pool to the world. I mean, everyone, anyone over the age of 18, whether it's foreign or domestic and in retail, they don't need to be accredited. That's perfect for tokenization. Interesting. How about this? What was your biggest failure and how did you overcome it? That's a good question. I don't know if it was really a failure. The business failed. I was 22 and I launched a, I was a personal trainer. I have a degree in exercise science. This is when this was eons ago. And I launched a personal training business in the heart of La Jolla in San Diego in a very well-known area. It was very successful. And I put my trust in a business partner that was not trustworthy. So I would say that would probably be a big failure. And at the same time, I think that it taught me a lot. So I guess you learned. That's awesome. Yeah, that's part of the entrepreneurial path for sure. What do you love best about doing hot yoga? The clarity, just the nothing like there's nothing in my mind at all except for the moment that i'm in and that clarity is like so peaceful for me that's not necessarily easy to do i do hot yoga and i've taken my wife a few times and she's like oh my mind was racing the whole time so i've gotten a lot better about it over the years but definitely you can start thinking especially like if you're in the middle of a fight with your loved one or something crazy is going on it can be challenging to just take that. Even they, they guide you to do that. They're just like, let everything that is going on outside of the world leave for the duration of this class. And you try, but it's not as easy as it sounds. 
Yeah, and that's what they say, right? It's a work in, not necessarily a workout. So the ability to master that is really what yoga is about. It's not necessarily about the exercise or the pose. It's about mastering the thoughts in your head when you're in those. Fantastic. I love that. <laughs> okay, I'm glad that you said that. All right, do your <laughs> spiritual philosophies have anything to do with your success in business? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that that's really important to, to have spiritual beliefs and things that are important to you that you pray about. And yeah, of course. Have you ever experienced a miracle or had a near-death experience? Oh, gosh. I mean, miracles happen every single day in my world. Yes. And they that's, really do. That's I actually mean, the answer I'm always looking for. Is like, yeah. do you believe that you are living in a miracle or... <laughs> That's something only for like the ascended masters. I have a degree in, the, in exercise science and a degree in the body, and I really understand the processes of the body. That in itself is a miracle. If anyone really, I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that do understand it, but it's an amazing miracle. All right, last question brought to you by Shanna Amiga, one of our great listeners. She'd like to know what impact would you like to leave in the world? I think that the idea behind helping to make things easier and better for for people and and yes in what i'm doing professionally i think that it's going to give investors retail investors in particular access to real estate product that they never could participate in before it's going to give them access to opportunities in wealth that they never were able to participate in before because the technology is going to provide the infrastructure for that to happen compliantly. And I think that's a really big deal to be able to democratize what is has historically been a very wealthy playground for very wealthy people in real estate. Great answers on the lightning round. Thanks for entertaining us on that part of the show. Shout out to the Capital Razor Nation. Thanks for tuning in. Please leave us a five-star written review and shout out to my company, Legacy Acquisitions, and our sponsors of the show, PitchDex.com. Laura, how does the audience get a hold of you? Well, I'm the only Laura Pamatian on the entire World Wide Web. So if you can spell my last name, you can certainly find me or HeightZeroRealEstate.com. Okay, cool. And then I wanted to bring up something we chatted about before the show because that was kind of teeing you up about some questions I was going to ask you and you brought up some charities. Can you tell us about some of the things that you're interested in? Yeah, thanks for asking. So I advocate against child trafficking. I've done that for several years now. I was enlightened by a group, a nonprofit group out of Utah called Operation Underground Railroad. And I watched a documentary called Operation Two Saint. And it changed my life. And it changed my view of what, of really what's happening in the world. And long story short, I started learning more about the demand side of child trafficking and the buyer side of sex trafficking. And we launched a coalition called No More Johns and it's nomorejohns.com. And what we are doing is educating parents about the harms of pornography and how it affects a child's mind and how that leads to and has been proven to lead to prostitution and trafficking and all of the other things that are happening in the world. And I think that with the idea of there's over 2 million children that are trafficked for sex every year, you really have to ask yourself, 
where that demand is coming from. Like, why is that happening? And who are those people that are perpetuating that industry? And it won't stop until we address that side of it. And that's what we're trying to do with No More Johns. Cool. That's very honorable. Yeah, I really appreciate you. that you're doing that. Thank you. Appreciate oh, that. Okay, cool. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for the aspiring capital raiser or syndicator as they're learning about tokenization and blockchain or anything else in terms of capital raising? I 100% do. And my someone told me very early on when I started learning about blockchain was learn the language or get left behind. And I really took that to heart. And I really do believe if you take some time, it can be frustrating because it doesn't make sense at first, just like anything, but you have to take the time to learn about what's happening in the world. There's a reason why Larry Fink right, and BlackRock are making these really grand statements around tokenization, and they're really leaning into the technology he has every single resource at his fingers to be able to figure out if this is legit. And obviously they've come to that conclusion. So I would say spend some time, make the effort and join the party because <laughs> it's going to significantly change things. It will give you a competitive edge in your businesses and, and all kinds of other things that will benefit you. Awesome. Last statement of the day. I really appreciate that. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us on the Capital Raisers show. I hope you guys liked it. I look forward to following your progress on LinkedIn and staying in touch with you, Laura. This has been a blast. Thanks. Thanks for what you're doing. I really appreciate you always educating. Thank you. Thank you. The Capital Raiser Show.